Chapter 22, verses 1 to 4. Then Eliphaz the Temanite responded, Can a vigorous man be of use to God, or a wise man be useful to himself? Is there any pleasure to the Almighty if you are righteous, or profit if you make your ways perfect? It is because of your reverence that he reproves you, that he enters into judgment against you. His point is, God doesn't really care. You know, uh, it's no big deal to God whether you're righteous or wicked. So God would not be tempted to skew the situation, skew the results. You know. Oh my. Yeah, because I mean, it's indifferent to God. It doesn't. You know, he's the royal statistician. But which, whichever side you come out on, it's okay with him. You know, there's, is there any pleasure to the Almighty if you're righteous? And he, you know, does does it make him happy if you do the right thing? <laughs> Yeah, his answer would be no. You know, God doesn't care. You know, he's a totally disinterested party. And uh, he asked the ironic question in verse 4, so it's because of your reverence that he reproves you? You know, so you're telling me, Job, it's because you were so good. That's why God's brought all this on you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It was. He didn't know it. To him, it's self-evident you don't suffer because you're so good. But the truth is, that is exactly why Job suffered. That was kind of ironic, wasn't it? <laughs> if only he had known. But when he didn't know, he shouldn't have acted like he did. You know, it's, it's perfectly understandable he didn't know. But if he doesn't know, he needs to keep his mouth shut. And he never does know, right? God never tells him. God never says a word about any of that. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Just trust the Lord. Well, Job found out when he read his book, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it was written after. I don't know. So what's he saying again in, what, two and three? Well, he's saying, you know, God doesn't care whether you're righteous or not. It doesn't make him happy or sad. So I think he's saying, you know, God is very impartial. God's an equal opportunity punisher. But he's always, but he's maintaining that he's not righteous. So what is he saying? It. You know, that was when he was trying to soften the blow for Job to confess. So has he changed his tune? Maybe a little. Because all along it was because Job was wicked that he was being punished. Yeah, well it is. You know, he's, I mean, that's what he thinks it is. But he's saying, you know, Job has been saying God is so arbitrary. He punishes the righteous, he blesses the wicked. Well, why would God do that, I think would be um, the idea. You know, what, what would he get out of doing that? So he's saying, so if you are righteous, would God have pleasure in punishing you? Verse 3? Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, it's no, it makes no difference to God, so he'll be objective and bless you if you're righteous and punish you if you're wicked. Because God doesn't really care. There's no reason for him to skew. That's the exactly right. Yeah, he's totally objective. Because it doesn't, doesn't affect him either way. He doesn't care. So if, if, if it doesn't affect him, then he'll operate on the basis of the, you know, principle, 
I think that's the idea. At least that's what I get out of it. So he's still saying the same thing. In yes. Words, you're guilty. Absolutely. Because if you're righteous, yeah. God wouldn't have any... He doesn't have a vested interest to make it turn out one way or the other. Exactly. Exactly. God just uh, handles it objectively. But it sure wouldn't be because you're so righteous God does this to you. You know that. I mean, come on. All right, well, listen to Eliphaz. Most outrageous stuff in the friend's speeches, probably. <laughs> 5 through 11. Is not your wickedness great and your iniquities without end? For you have taken pledges of your brothers without cause and stripped men naked. To the weary you have given no water to drink, and from the hunger you have withheld bread. But the earth belongs to the mighty man, and the honorable man dwells in it. You have sent widows away empty, and the strength of orphans has been crushed. Therefore snares surround you, and sudden dread terrifies you, or darkness so that you cannot see, and an abundance of water covers you. Wow. So what's he telling uh, Job? Listing the sins. Yeah, absolutely. How, how are they? <clears throat> What do you mean? He's done it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is really bad. I mean, no wonder God's doing this to him, right? <laughs> you know, his wickedness, his iniquities, he's taken advantage of his brothers, stripped men naked, not giving water to the weary, not giving hungry to the poor, not giving bread to the hungry. Uh, you know, I mean, everything, he's just done, you know, he's been stingy, He's been selfish. He's exploited people. He's taken advantage of people. You know, that's why he's suffering all this. How does Eliphaz know? He doesn't. He's still basing it on the result. Exactly. You know, it's, it's you know... And before this, the friends have said you're wicked, but they haven't tried to specify, here's what you've done. Eliphaz just takes the next step. Well, you know, here's what you've done. You know, at, at first, he was like, you're a good guy, Job. Cheer up, won't last long. But, I mean, as it keeps continuing, they've got to change off of that. Well, you must have done something really bad. And, you know, considering what Job lost, then his sins must have had something to do with his wealth, maybe his power. So it must be that he was misusing what he had. And he was being stingy with it. That must be what happened. Because the punishment has to fit the crime. I think that's just about the most outrageous thing the friends do. It's like, you have no evidence, but you accuse him of everything in the book. This is what they were trying to get out of Job, and since he wouldn't come forth with it, <laughs> they decided to do it for him. Yeah, that's right. Yes. If he doesn't have a, the facts available to him, he'll invent them. Just... Wow. They have definitely added to Job's suffering. 
No wonder God, no wonder Satan decided to spare the friends. <laughs> All right, comments and questions on that? Twelve to twenty. What was Job's attitude toward God? I still could do. Is not God in the height of heaven? Look also at the distant stars, how high they are. You say, what does God know? Can he judge through the thick darkness? Clouds are a hiding place for him so that he cannot see, and he walks on the vault of heaven. Will you keep to the ancient path which wicked men have trod, who were snatched away before their time, whose foundations were washed away by a river? They said to God, depart from us. And what can the Almighty do to them? Yet he filled their houses with good things. But the counsel of the wicked is far from me. The righteous see and are glad, and the innocent mock, mock them, saying, Truly our adversaries are cut off, and their abundance the fire has consumed. Okay, so what's Job's attitude toward the Lord? He's too far away to be doing any of this. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, I think Job was was thinking, God is so far away, he'll never notice. I can get by with stuff. You know, so he says, uh, you know, what does God know? You know, he's way up there. There's clouds that hide it and, and all that. And so Job, Job really thought he could get by with it, and God called his bluff. You know, God's not as far away, and, you know, he's got x-ray vision to penetrate the clouds or whatever. So Job's idea that he could just do anything he wanted to and God would never notice is not true. Isn't that, again, outrageous? Where did Job ever think that, that you know, he, he, he was getting by with sins because God wouldn't notice? Again, you go back to even God's evaluation of Job's character and integrity. This is just outrageous. He was the most righteous man on the earth, and Eliphaz is accusing him. Well, you, you, you thought God was so far away he couldn't see when you did all those things you thought you could buy with with God. Oh, my goodness. Isn't that what he's saying? Yeah, and not only God can see, but obviously Eliphaz knows all about him, too. Yeah, well, of course, yes. <laughs> you know, being blessed by God so much. Don't you wonder if Eliphaz to get by with things himself just because you tend to argue maybe <laughs> that's an interesting idea suspicious people tend to be untrustworthy <laughs> maybe maybe that would have been what Eliphaz was trying to do <laughs> I don't know that's a good point you know will you keep to the ancient path which wicked men have trod who were snatched away before their time you know, who said, depart to God, depart from us, what can the Almighty do? You know, you're just going to keep being like these wicked people. You know, uh, he did all these things, you know, God to the, for them, but I won't have anything to do with those wicked people. In verse 19, the righteous see and are glad and the innocent mock them. Well, that's what Job says they've been doing with him. Back in chapter 21, verse 3, he said, then you, you know, listen to me and then you can mock. And of course, that's, that's exactly right. You know, he mentions uh, the uh, their, uh, and their abundance, the fire is consumed in the end of verse 20. I mean, how did Job lose a lot of his possessions? By fire. So he's pretty, he's pretty harsh even in that. It's a, you know, it's a great speech if it, if it applied. 
Comments and questions? how far off they are that they think that Job was sinning because God wasn't noticing, but at the beginning of the book, Job was offering sacrifices just in case he hadn't noticed he had sinned. And God noticed everything and knew how good he was. Yeah. yeah. Alright. Uh, 21 to 30. Yield now and beget peace with him, thereby good will come to you. Please receive instruction from his mouth and establish his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored, if you remove unrighteousness far from your tent. And place your gold in the dust, and the gold of Ophir among the stones of your brooks. Then the Almighty will be your gold, and choice silver to you. For then you will delight in the Almighty, and lift up your face to God. You will pray to him, and he will hear you. And you will pay your vows, you will decree a thing, and it will be established for you, and light will shine on your ways. When you are cast down, you will speak with confidence, and the humble person he will save. He will deliver one who is not innocent, and he who will be delivered, and he will be delivered through the cleanness of your hands. So what's Eliphaz doing right here? It's the invitation. Yes, exactly right. He's extending the invitation. It's a great exhortation. Great admonitions. Yield now and be at peace with him. Thereby good will come to you. Listen to him and he'll establish the words of your heart. Now, by the way, verse 22, please receive instruction from his mouth and establish his words to your heart. Wonder what he meant exhortation from the mouth of God. I think he might have me be calling himself God's mouth. <laughs> He's giving him these godly words and godly counsel. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove unrighteousness, far from your tent, you know, you've got to really get over wickedness and get the unrighteous far away from you. But look at 25 and 26. No, 24 and 25. Look at 24 and 25. What gold does he have left to place in the dust? Exactly! <laughs> Come on! Now, this is a great thought, if it applied. You know, this is very, place your gold in the dust, the gold of Ophir among the stones of the brook, then the Almighty will be your gold and choice silver to you. Great idea! You know, don't give yourself to your money and your wealth and your gold and your silver. Let, let God be your, your, you know, gold and silver. But what gold is Job going to place anywhere? It was all taken away from it. <coughs> These guys get, get so carried away with themselves that they don't even think about what they're saying. You know, it's like, huh? That was a great speech, but man, it has nothing to do with this. There is a chapter later on, Job 31, in which Job really in detail asserts his integrity and one of the things he says in Job 31 24 if I have put my confidence in gold and called fine gold my trust if I've gloated because my wealth was great and because my hand had secured so much etc he puts a curse on himself he had never even back when he did those things he had not you know tried to treasure up gold for himself much less now 
So, I mean, they can say really cool things, really uh, powerful, picturesque, poetic, uh, psalmy, <laughs> you know, but it has no application to Job's situation. You know, we ought to put our gold in the dust and let the Almighty be our gold. You know, we ought to delight in the Almighty and lift up our voice to God. You know, we ought to do all those things. It's great that he's saying this, but, but Job has. You know, Eliphaz is assuming that Job's this ungodly man who if he'll just, you know, repent and turn back to God, he'll be healthy and wealthy and wise. But the truth is he's done all those things and look at where it got him. And Eliphaz refuses to see the obvious. If he does all this, verse 26, 27, 28, it's going to be great. Comments and thoughts on this. What is verse 30 saying? Yeah. He says, you know, basically, if you turn back to God, then you'll deliver the guilty through the cleanness of your hands. You so will be the guilty. For both of them? Or? Well, you know, you'll be the conduit of God saving that person. You'll be the intercessor <laughs> or maybe revealing the message or persuading people to turn to God or whatever. Isn't that exactly what he was doing with his kids? Yes. Isn't that exactly what he does <laughs> at the is. end of the book <laughs> when God tells the friends they've got to go to Job <laughs> for him to intercede for them? <laughs> and for, uh, you know, that, that they, the friends have to be delivered by the cleanness of Job. Um, you know... Uh, take up this burnt offering and my servant Job will pray for you. <laughs> so that's kind of ironic. Yeah, Eliphaz is right, but uh, he and his buddies are going to be some of the first customers. <laughs> you know, they're going to, uh, Job's going to end up delivering them through his righteousness. <coughs> it's kind of amazing that the truth is that, you know, uh, Job is, is totally in the right when he was, you know, when all these things happened to him. And they see him just the opposite. we got to be careful that we do not misjudge people. You know, we've got to be careful. We don't look at these setbacks. Like we said earlier, you know, somebody's suffering something. Ah, they're just irresponsible. They were just this. They were just that. Maybe they were. You know, nobody's trying to say that wicked people don't suffer. But you can't just say, well, they're having a hard time. They must be irresponsible. They're having a hard time. They must have really messed up and God is punishing them. Not necessarily. All right, comments or questions? Explain again how he delivers one who is not innocent. Well, Job interceded for the friends. So that they can be restored back to God. Do you, is that what you mean? Well, I know that, but they just... He's saying when you're, like 29, when you're cast down, you'll speak with confidence. And the humble person, he will save. Not only that, when you do this, you'll be able to deliver the one that's not innocent. You'll... You'll bring him back to the Lord. you bring somebody else back. Yeah. And he'll be delivered through the cleanness of your hands if you would just repent and straighten up. Yes. 
You've got that, that was a good uh, good tone there. Eliphazic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that was Eliphazic. <laughs> this is the end of Eliphaz. Well, until chapter 42. But he doesn't have another speech. So we're gradually charged. We've only got six verses of Bildad left as far as these friends are concerned. And their speeches are out of there. They get shorter. Bildad has just six verses. Okay, and this was fairly short. From yeah, I think you know they might just not have as much to say. They might have run out of anything to talk about. It's not working. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It isn't bringing him to repentance, and I think Job is pretty well blowing him out of the water. <laughs> well, yeah, you can tell that because they get angrier with their response. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. And I mean, when Eliphaz just has to resort to this shotgun, you must have done this, 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 and this with not a shred of evidence. Wow, clearly they're out of soap. I don't know why people use that, but old-timey preachers always used to say if you didn't have something to say that was worthwhile, you were out of soap. Does anybody know why? I've never heard that. You haven't heard that? The problem is I've heard too many things from back in, you know, you're from back before, in those days. Before the Civil War. Uh. All right, well, let's stop here then, and uh, I'll see if I can study up a little bit more on these next.